Testosterone is at almost a thousand right the now. Bioavailable testosterone is, is more than double. Now here's what's cool. Even though I'm actually probably eating 30% more red meat, my iron levels have really normalized. All right, what's going on YouTube? I have a special video right here. I'm actually doing my two years carnivore diet results blood work. Have I been strict carnivore the entire two years? Basically, I mean, I've focused on optimizing my diet. I focused on really, for the most part, staying very strict carnivore. I would say 98% of the actual food that I've been consuming has been animal-based. Now, I've really dialed that in. I've focused on nose to tail. I have done a lot of liver, kidney, other organs like sweetbreads. Over this period of the last few years, I've found that my health has been tremendously improved. So with this, I asked Carnivore MD Saladino to just order up me a full panel and give a real rundown of what we're gonna do. So I'm gonna show you as I go through my screen what I actually experienced, what uh, what the results look like. And to be honest, I'm pretty, pretty happy with everything that I have. Last time I did these labs was in October, 2019 so these labs coming from cleveland heart clinic are about nine about a ten and a half month transition um so almost a year since i pulled blood last and did this panel let's kind of jump into this let's get into what we got some of the biggest takeaways testosterone is at almost a thousand right now which is great i'm not a big stat chaser so for me I'm not worried about testosterone, but being 36 and seeing a testosterone of 977 um, and knowing that when I pulled these labs, I actually had not worked out for three and a half days is pretty impressive, especially when you consider I'm not taking any sort of selective androgen receptor molecules. I'm not taking exogenous testosterone. I'm not supplementing anything that kind of boosts my testosterone. I'm not supplementing zinc. I'm not supplementing magnesium. The only thing I take is boron and I drink spring water and then I get sunlight, high quality sleep, and a nose to tail carnivore diet. So that was high. My HSCRP is undetectable. That's a huge indicator for me that I'm healthy, uh, lower inflammation. Now, HSCRP can go up when you're working out, but in this case, it's really low. I'm actually uh, glad to see that my ferritin levels dropped before my iron was pretty high. It was in the 400 range. And in this test, it's down to 225. So we'll go into the specific results, but it's really good to see that. Um, I've done some phlebotomy, so I've actually given blood two or three times over the last 12 calendar months. And I've seen my iron levels go back down to a more healthful level. And my F2 isoprostane, creatinine, uh, which is a measure of oxidation. We're not quite sure exactly what it means totally, but usually it has to do with oxidative stress in your body actually went down and that could be because the iron levels went down. So all in all, I'm pretty stoked about these results. There's nothing that stands out in these labs that scares me by any stretch of the imagination. So let's jump in. We'll go one by one. I'll kind of walk you through the different things. What is kind of like the high level to look at these labs were done by Cleveland Heart Lab. I find it pretty helpful. They do a lot of the results. They they break down a lot of this stuff. And for me, fortunately, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas will cover all these labs. In this, I have MPO, inflammation. These are all your inflammation categories. So in here, I have uh, obviously my information, um, and then it categorizes the sections, and then it gives you reference ranges. And the reference ranges are kind of you gotta take them with context. So for someone like me who's more ketogenic, 
for the most part in doing a carnivore diet, there are gonna be some numbers in here that are gonna scare a lot of people if they're just looking at this legend and, and they're just focused on this. So from an inflammation perspective though, it's fantastic to see. MPO, certainly don't want that to be high. Mine is super low. In fact, it's lower than it was last year when I pulled it. My HSCRP, again, same level here, quite low. F2, F2 isoprostanes came down. Creatinine and urine, that's not necessarily an indicator of, of kidney failure in any, any way, shape, or form. It could be just a byproduct, and I'll link the kidney video here for people who want to watch it. It could be just an indicator that you're getting more urea in your diet and you're getting more um, nitrogen for the protein consumption. I've certainly been eating much more protein and I find that I function very well on that. I'm gaining weight, I'm building muscle mass, I'm building my physique and it's it's making me feel really strong and powerful and healthy and so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. As far as lipids, this is not surprising. A lot of people are gonna see this and they're gonna go, oh my goodness, your total cholesterol was 347. For me, that's up from 303. Again, these are fasted labs, so this is what my lipids look like in my body. There's a lot of research coming out now about Alzheimer's, about dementia, about autism, about mental and neurocognitive function, and these diseases being linked to individuals with low cholesterol. So for me, it makes a lot of sense. The brain is majority cholesterol. The brain produces its own cholesterol. I want my body to be fueled with cholesterol. I'm not worried about cholesterol in the context of healthy metabolic markers of fasted triglycerides, good HDL cholesterol, and low inflammation. So when I have those variables in the whole context, cholesterol to me is not problematic. In fact, cholesterol is probably helping your body in all respects. So when you're even dealing with high cholesterol and you're sick, it's probably serving a good purpose. And it's not the cholesterol that you wanna lower, it's the cause of what's triggering the actual excess cholesterol in those situations. But frankly, you want cholesterol and in a context of, again, metabolic health, where you have a low fasted blood sugar. In this case, I'm actually wearing a CGM. So I can tell you with confidence that my fasted blood sugar is in the mid to, to upper 70 milligrams per deciliter, which is very optimal, where something over 87 fasted milligrams per deciliter of glucose would be a unhealthy, unoptimal blood sugar. But for me, I'm very much having a metabolically fit high, um, strong amount, amount of response to insulin and, and being fasted. So, um, and the beautiful thing is too, if you're dealing with diabetes or pre-diabetes, uh, when I eat a carnivore meal, my blood sugar stays flat. And I'm gonna do a whole video on CGMs and my experience using the NutriSense CGM for the last month. So stay tuned for that. But in this case, we did pull my blood sugar. It was a little bit higher than I kind of expected, but um, I have been incorporating carbs in the recent months and you're gonna see, I think that is actually a really big variable for my testosterone. So cholesterol total 347, again, in the context of low inflammation, does not concern me at all. And I've seen carnivores as high as 550, 600 on total cholesterol. There are These are such small molecules and you're moving so much fat in your body. Again, I don't think it's to be concerned. HDL looks optimal. That's your high density lipids. 
Uh, again, the lipid hypothesis, it's so nuanced, it's beyond the scope of this video. We're gonna go through these and just kind of, kind of flow through. Triglycerides, that's awesome. 36 on my fasted tries, 61 before, anything below 150, honestly, anything below, I'd say 100 is, is where you wanna be and optimally even lower than that. That just tells, tells your, your it's, a, it's a pretty strong indicator of metabolic health that you have a strong response to eating and then getting into a fasted state and your body isn't struggling to kind of renormalize and transport and properly utilize food and put it where it needs to go. More lipids in here, just so you can kind of see. I'll actually post a link. I'll put these up on my website for you if you wanna actually see my public results here. Now, HDL, again, large VLDL, VLDL, again, there's so much nuance with the lipid hypothesis, I'm not worried. Glucose, here we go, 86 on this one. It's a little bit higher than I'd like to see, but it's still in the optimal range that they say of 65 to 99. Before it was 79, I've been wearing a CGM, and I can tell you with confidence that most days it's actually in the low 80s, uh, high 70s. A lot of times if I'm fasted, it's gonna be in the high 70s, mid 70s. It's not gonna be up into the 90s or the higher 80s. It just sits there low. So that's the advantage of, of, of having a device like this where you can see your blood sugar in real time. You can see how you respond. C-peptide, peptide relates to your, your insulin and your beta cells. And um, in this case, it was lower. It's probably because I eat a pretty low carb diet. I'm not eating a ton of carbs. Even when I pulled these labs, you know, I'm probably consuming on average 50 grams of carbs a day on workout days and then some days I'm only consuming five grams of carbs. So my carbohydrate intake is pretty low. Hemoglobin A1C is a very, very kind of finicky marker. We don't necessarily see it being um, being a, a variable that's really true to a diabetic or metabolic dysfunction. In fact, the, the red blood cells in a carnivore can actually last quite a bit longer. So, um, you know, normally historically, it's been a marker to look at people's blood sugar and look at their blood sugar over 90 days, hemoglobin A1C, and it just tells you, hey, your blood sugar in your red blood cells is at this level. But your red blood cells can live longer and then they can accumulate more sugars and they can test out differently. So when you're on carnivore, that can be the case and you may not cycle through as many red blood cells as quickly and this marker can be off. So I don't think that's a good marker and I've seen other people like Saladino and Gabriel Lyons talk about this, as well as some other uh, very smart individuals reference this as, as less of a, con, uh, of a concerned variable to look for. Insulin, fast insulin is a very cool one to see. In my case, because I'm actually now consuming more carbohydrates, I'm using honey primarily, that level has bumped up a bit and we can see what it's doing. It's, it's actually showing up with a little bit more of a level here. Homocysteine, that's good, methylonic, Methamalonic acid, right within the range. TMAO, again, TMAO is this big kind of concerning thing that people have, but the reality is it's high in fish, it's high in a lot of other things. I think it's very misunderstood and we're still figuring out what it means, but I think we've very poorly categorized it as this risk factor when in the context of someone eating a whole food diet, I'm eating literally an ancestrally consistent diet, there's no reason to think that it's going to be um, a risk factor. In fact, fish have some of the highest TMAO, and I think that this is probably elevated because of the fish I've been eating, but fish have been correlated with better cardiovascular health. So how is it that my TMAO is higher because I'm eating more fish 
and then they're telling me that I'm at a higher risk factor for some sort of cardiovascular disease. So it's just not fully understood. Coenzyme Q10, extremely robust, exceptionally awesome for your heart. Folate, really good. Dropped a little bit. Maybe I can eat a little bit more liver. You get folate from liver and some of these rich vitamins. My B12 levels were really robust. Uh, again, you're getting that from the meat. Cobalamin is, is very rich in there. Omega, uh, vitamin uh, D25-hydroxy D was really strong, um, 56 nanograms per milliliter. Omega-6 index, slightly above where it was before, um, a little bit on the higher end of the reference range here. My arachidonic acid went down. That's interesting. I still don't really know what that means or how that kind of impacts things. My omega-3 indexes were all pretty well within the ranges. Uh, again, we just... We don't know what the levels are that are exact. I'm not living in a in a fish fish heavy diet, so I would imagine if I ate a lot more fish, that would change. But I do eat a lot of grass fed meat, and there is quite a bit of that in grass fed meat. Here's my fasted blood sugar. It was 86 in this one. My calcium score. You can see the pre previous historical range here. My potassium. My chloride my carbon dioxide levels, my blood, urea, nitrogen, my creatinine, my albumin, uh, my total protein, my globumin, my LLP. Now, some of these are getting into the, um, the actual liver enzymes, ALT and AST. So we're looking at how the liver enzymes are being produced if they're within the ranges. And both of those looked good. My GFR, for Caucasian was above 60, so I'm filtering just fine in my kidneys. My magnesium and my creatinine kinase was good. My uric acid was actually on the low side, which is interesting. Um, estradiol went up, um, and the FSH, follicular, follicular stimulating hormone, went slightly up. Now, before it was lower, and this is interesting because I was on finasteride for hair loss, and I went and basically dialed that down. Now, might have more hair loss when I get older, but um, certainly I am not a fan of manipulating hormones in any way. And so for me, um, it was a decision that I struggled with, but I decided that it was for the best. And so I really tapered that down. I think I take like two milligrams a week now instead of seven milligrams a week. And I'm just kind of backing off that. I don't want to modify my DHT. I don't want to reduce or, or manipulate my hormones in that way. IGF-1 is a growth hormone. Now, luteinizing hormone. You can see testosterone on this was really quite robust. 977 before it was 703. It was still quite strong, but it jumped up even more. My free is up too from 4.5, from 6.6 .6 previously to 16.4. I have a feeling that's because I'm eating more protein. I'm eating more meat. I'm consistently doing those things. And I've also um, backed off on the alpha-5 reductase with the uh, finasteride. Um, the free testosterone went up. I've been doing boron more consistently, also calcium. My total bioavailable testosterone is, almost, is, is more than double. My sex binding went down. It's still high, but it's just at the top end of the reference range. My albumin was, my albumin was down. Um, my thyroid stimulating hormone, again, with thyroid, especially when you're ketogenic, T3 can be lower. And what we've seen is that it actually just shows that you're dealing with, um, 
you have more sensitivity to it. You're not necessarily in an issue before. It was actually the same as it was before. Now here's what's cool. My ferritin was at 417 before. This is my iron and it was quite high and I had not been giving blood. I talked with Saladino. I did some research and I dropped my ferritin by almost half. And what I did was I actually gave blood. I gave blood two or three times in about nine months. And you can see here, the levels have normalized, even though I'm actually probably eating maybe 30% more red meat, I'm my iron levels have really normalized and are no longer as high as they were, which is all really, really good. And that's probably what's also helping with the F2 isoprostane and those levels. White blood cell counts lower. Um, again, with white blood cell, if you're healthy, it's not necessarily something, we don't know exactly what's going on, but the, the suspicion, the hypothesis is if you're healthy, you don't need a lot of white blood cells to be roaming around and fighting off infection because frankly, your body just doesn't need them. So if I was dealing with an environment maybe where I was more exposed to pathogens, I was under more of a siege, then I might have a higher white blood cell count. Red blood cells, pretty much in range, hemoglobin in range, hematocrit in range. So then all my non-cardiometabolic variables were also in range as far as what they would expect in a lab panel. And I did do a urine test to kind of see what my pH was, to see if there was um, any albumin in there, any sort of kidney concern, and they didn't detect any of that from these results. So it was all, all really quite good in terms of the results. My zinc was in range. We didn't test lead, mercury, or arsenic, but I've been really doing a good job of just drinking spring water, uh, saunaing regularly to kind of detoxify and staying away from heavy metals in my food like fish and really just being mindful to get high quality animal foods that are not fish that could be at risk. So overall, very, very pleased with the results. I made some improvements without really seeing anything pop up that would concern me. My inflammation went down or stayed the same. My cholesterol looks robust, looks healthy. My triglycerides are better. My, um, my testosterone is even more robust. It's almost at a thousand and I'm not doing any sort of exogenous treatment of any kind. And I am getting older, which is crazy to think about. I'm just building more muscle, getting stronger, feeling energized. And I'm, I'm, I'm very thrilled with that. Um, I think for me, there wouldn't be a whole lot that I would change from my current regimen. I would say the big takeaway here is that if you eat a diet wholesome in foods, you prioritize sleep, you uh, focus on the food quality, and you are eating enough calories, and then you're exercising and giving yourself a good, strong push, you're gonna see a lot of these these anabolic hormones and, and your overall growth and your results improve. And so if there's any questions you have on this video, hit me up, let me know what you think. I think this is fantastic. I'm excited about these results. I, I really think that N equals one here in the case that for many people with metabolic dysfunction, low energy, looking for optimization, this is a great thing to kind of show you hey, this diet is not dangerous. This, this diet is very, very powerful and gives people a lot to kind of look forward to when constructed well. When you follow our guidance, when you follow my guidance on how to do it right, you stick to the nuances, you really 
stay on task with doing it nose to tail. So you get the, the collagen, you balance your homocysteine levels, you get the folate, you get all of the vitamins that you need from the nutrient dense organs in the animals and you get high quality foods. So if you like this video, hit that subscribe button, share this video, let people know about this, comment, like it, and let me know what you think and I will see you in the next video.